Welcome inside, everybody, to the College Football Dogs Podcast. I am your host, Matt Redding, and with me, as always, is the lovely Miss Nikki Mays. Nikki, how you doing today? Good. Nikki, I think you're still muted. Didn't quite yeah. catch that. There you are. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm pumped. I'm getting married in 10 days. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about in the meantime while I wait for my wedding day. Um, tons of exciting content. Today's episode is strictly about the fun belt, also known as the sun belt to the rest of you. Um, but before we get started on this lovely afternoon podcast, thank you all for jumping in while you're here. I do want to give a shout out because we do actually have a sponsor, Nikki. I don't know if you know this, but are you a coffee drinker at all by chance? My husband and son is. I am not. I gotcha. can't drink coffee, but they drink enough what, for all of us. What if I told you that there was a French toast coffee out there? I might try it. What if I told you I there was Indiana... like maybe frog's breath? Frog's breath. I don't know if that's a flavor yet, but it I is. would have passed these guy. Oh, it, it is, is a flavor. Yes, I already I'll ordered have it. To go, I'll have to go check it out. And what exactly am I talking about? Today's episode is brought to you by Bones Coffee. Stop drinking boring coffee, folks. Drink a cup of Bones. They offer over 30 unique flavors to choose from, such as Banana Foster, French Toast, which is what uh, I got on the way over here, Nikki. I'm super pumped about that. And if you use our promo code DOGBONES, you can get 10% off your order. That's DOGBONES right there at the bottom. D-A-W-G-B-O-N-E-S gets you 10% off. Go check them out, folks. Go try everything they've got. I've, I've never seen a coffee company with so many diverse flavors like cookies and cream, strawberry shortcake. It's 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 nuts. Um, I like their whole um, Nightmare Before Christmas yes. collection. That looks so good. I, I really want to try the Indiana Jones one just because oh, Indiana Jones is my guy. So, yes. so BonesCoffee.com, everybody, go check them out. Um, like I said, Nikki, we got a lot to talk about tonight um, oh. on our Sun Belt Fun Belt special. Um, not a lot of people, though, know about the Sun Belt, I feel like. It's just another group of five conference uh, uh, to all of them, just another cupcake game. Um, do you, can you think of any teams that you've watched recently? I always watch Marshall. I'm a big oh. herd fan. I love I love Marshall. Um, I think half of my family went there. So yeah, we're big Marshall really? fans. Yeah. What's the what's the big thing to do in Marshall? Is there like any fun tradition or um we used to go to the Stone Monkey? That's oh, pretty much okay. it. I don't know. There's um tradition beating Notre Dame. Not really. Apparently that's yeah, a tradition. <laughs> I don't know. Marshall always has that one game every few years that they show up to. And in poor Notre Dame got it this last year. Yeah. I I watched um I didn't see that game, but I did watch uh App State upset Texas AM. And it's a it must be a trend for App State because they also upset Michigan all those years ago. Who could ever forget that one? Um, no one can because no one will let you. Um, but yeah. to bring but to kind of introduce all of you to the Fun Belt Conference and why you should take a look, we've actually got a Sun Belt expert. He is also our SEC Conference Director here at CollegeFootballDogs.com. Mr. Tony Thomas joins the show. Tony, how you doing, brother? I'm good, guys. How are y'all? Thanks for hey, having Tony. me. Hello. We are good. Tony, did you get any coffee from Dog Bones yet? Uh, or Bones uh, Coffee? Unfortunately, I'm not a coffee drinker, guys, uh, but – my brother can drink it and still go to sleep. Like, you know, 
I don't know what it is about the caffeine with him, but uh, he can drink coffee and still go to sleep like right afterwards. So it's that sounds, that sounds like me. And now I have a world of like waking up issues in the morning. So dangerous habit to get into. But um, so, Tony, you are obviously you follow uh, the Sun Belt. You're a Southern Miss grad. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Yes. So tell us and tell the good people that are chiming in. Why should we watch the Fun Belt this year? Well, the Fun Belt or the Sun Belt is uh, probably the best group of five conference in the country. Uh, they have a okay. lot of good teams in that conference, top to bottom. Uh, a lot of good football players in the Sun Belt. Uh, 11 out of the 14 Sun Belt teams last year were ranked in the top 30 in oh, both wow. offensive and defensive categories. Uh, some were ranked in the top five, like, for instance, uh, James Madison. Uh, they were ranked in the top five in both uh, total defense and rushing defense. And then my Southern Miss Golden Eagles, they were ranked in the top 10 as well, actually top five in sacks with 44 and tackles for loss with 109. And uh, they ranked number seven in the country in interceptions with 17. So uh, their defense has always been good, as we know. So uh, the nasty bunch is uh, going to be good again this year as well. Is the – is the fun belt usually more offensive heavy or is it more of a defensive conference? Would you say? I, I would say it's probably uh, an even balance. I would think, uh, you know, obviously some teams are, you know, maybe a little bit more, uh, you know, defensive uh, attack type of team. Uh, but I think, I think it's, I think it's pretty much balanced. Okay, good. I like a good balanced uh, football conference. Um yep. You can get a lot of when good plays out of either. Schools, Go ahead, Nikki. When I was looking at the schools, I noticed they might be one of the only conferences that's even on both sides of the ball. Like most yes. of their teams are pretty even on both sides. There's not your normal um, one-sided heaviness. There's definitely a good even. I don't know if it's the coaching is different, which I hope because we got a Sun Belt coach at Florida now. So um, right. I kind of hope it's the coaching and that's how they – uh, work things and we benefit from it this year coming up. Well, they definitely have some good coaches in the Sun Belt. Uh, uh, Coach Hall at Southern Miss, uh, Kane Womack at South Alabama. Uh, I think Tim Beck's taking over at Coastal Carolina now. Um, and the Sun Belt itself has a lot of star power as far as players go. Uh, you know, Southern Miss has running back Frank Gore Jr., um, who we'll talk about in a little bit more in depth. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Uh, um, you know, also uh, quarterback Grayson McCall, who is probably the most underrated quarterback in the country. Yep. You know, he's a three-time he's a three-time Sunbelt Player of the Year at Coastal. Uh, mm-hmm. He has over 8,000 career passing yards, 79 touchdowns, and only eight interceptions. So, I mean, <laughs> you can't get much better than that. So, uh, uh, also uh, – Carter Bradley at South Alabama. He was the only quarterback in the league to throw for over 3,000 yards. And uh, wide receiver Jared, Jared Brown at Coastal. Uh, he was the Sun Belt freshman of the year. And uh, Jay Stanley, the safety at Southern Miss, he had five interceptions last year, and that was good enough for number seven in the country. Nice. So there's a lot of, a lot of star power in the Sun Belt. That's when – yeah, the sun. It's the, kind of the little conferences where most of your NFL. I feel like a lot of your underrated NFL sleepers come from because I remember watching 
Um, and I'll get more into this later, but um, when I went to the senior bowl, half the helmets there were from schools that I'd never heard of before, but right. they were some of the most focused, hardworking looking uh, players on the field. Um, <laughs> they play with have a chip a, on their shoulder. Yeah. Because more than likely they, they didn't get an offer from a power five and so that's true. That's true. They yeah. play with a lot more heart and a lot, a lot more emotion, which seems to work for them. Yes, they yeah. do. They they seem to uh, they've you know got a lot to prove. You know, so they go out there and they just give it their all. And uh, uh, you know, one point I like about the Senior Bowl, though, yeah, they used to they used to trade the helmet sticker, the helmet logos, and right. people would have like come out and they have like stickers all over the helmets and you couldn't even tell which team they played for because they had other people's helmet stickers on there. But uh, yeah, that, uh, the Sun Belt itself is, uh, is well represented uh, at the senior bowl is well represented in the NFL. Uh, there's a lot of good football players come out of Sun Belt. Absolutely. So on, on that note, I've, I actually do have a, a Sun Belt story, a Southern Miss story, actually. Um <laughs> When my dad was a uh, college student at Sanford, he's a big Auburn fan, you know, runs in the family. Right. Um, he wanted to take my mom out on a date to watch Auburn play a football game and kind of like start indoctrinating her with like all things Auburn and whatnot. So <laughs> he bought tickets to go watch Auburn uh, play the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And that was like their first football date together. Um, they, were, they, were, they were a relatively young couple. And of course, my dad like took her there thinking like, oh, this is going to be great. Auburn's going to win. I'm with this beautiful woman. It's going to be a perfect day. Little did he know, Brett Favre was having his Welcome to the NFL Draft Tour, and he just obliterated Auburn at Jordan Air. And Southern Miss won the game. And my dad was super, super, super mad. And my mom was like, you okay? And he was like, no, no. And she's like, it's a football game. Chill out. And like – Stuck with but she him, stayed obviously. with him even yeah, after yeah. all that. She stayed with him. She, she like, was, yeah, uh, yeah. She uh, she was uh, she was okay with it apparently. So there you are. <laughs> yeah, my dad openly rooted against the Green Bay Packers and that Favre guy they had at quarterback for the next five years or whatever. So <laughs> I think most great. of us have one of those. Ours was um, Georgia Southern a few years ago. Who was the who Florida was the guy that broke your heart? Horrible. <laughs> they almost did it to Auburn a couple of years ago. Mm. Talk about a near heart attack. Oh, man. Well, Tony, um, thank you so much for stopping in, but don't go anywhere. I do believe we have more to talk about, my friend, in a little bit. So I got you. I'm going to hang around. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye, Tony. Oh, always a good time with Mr. Thomas. I, yes. Why is it every time I hear the word upset, I hear Georgia Southern shortly after that? They've gotten a lot lately, haven't they? I think it started with Florida. That was like, they, they oh my God, it was horrible. We still, to this day, get hell. Y'all lost to Georgia Southern. Yeah, so. Well, like, I mean, Tennessee, what am Tennessee I supposed to, do, to say? So, you know. What am I supposed to say? Like, I lived not far from Georgia Southern in Augusta. And they have, like, the greatest fan base. These are, like, the most passionate amazing fans some of my greatest friends are southern fans and it's like i couldn't be sad that they beat us because it, it gave them hope not just yeah. for that season for, but for seasons to come but to see how excited this whole fan base was was just amazing yeah. absolutely amazing 
Vandy Chris would like to remind you that Tennessee also lost to Georgia State, which is, I think, that's the one that I think of when I think of Georgia State. So, a bunch of sneaky, sneaky teams out there. Um, so, Nikki, I'll I'll just be completely honest. I know of the Sun Belt. I like the mm-hmm. football when I watch it, but I don't know everything that's going on. I'm more of an SEC guy, but we do have someone on board that does have some major updates for us, I do believe. Mm-hmm. He is the host of the Sun Belt Syndicate, and he's the Sun Belt Conference Director for College Football Dogs. I would like to welcome Mr. Dominic. What's up, brother? I have no idea what you just said because your mic was muted. <laughs> but, but. It's one of those nights, guys. There we go. There we go. I mean, listen, everyone's sleeping on the Sun Belt, even our technology. So, but man, I love the jersey in the back. I love the setup. Dominic, yeah. how you doing today, my friend? Ah, still can't hear him. We're having technical issues. Dominic, hop on out. We'll get you back in in a second, brother. So instead, Nikki, we're just going to jump ahead, um, bring Brandon on the deck in a second. So like we were talking about with Georgia Southern and uh, App State and all these other teams, it seems like the Sun Belt signature every year is they get that one, one out of nowhere wackadoodle uh, victory that they should not have. It was so, three last year. Three. I, I know, right? Nebraska. And that's the best one is because – that's what got Scott Frost fired. Like a Sun Belt team came in, beat them. These are paid to play teams. Yep. Come in and beat them. Like I thought AM Jimbo was getting fired after losing to App State because that was bad. And then Notre Dame. That's uh yeah, I, pretty I, intense. I don't know why I hate Texas AM. I I have no reason to. I think they're maybe a fine school with fine people that come from there. It's just for some reason, I think it's Jimbo fans. Fisher. So when, so it's when App Jimbo. State beat Texas A&M, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is like Christmas. I love it. It was. So. Oh, that was me there. Notre Dame. All right. Marshall Notre Dame. I was jumping. Hey, look, we got Dominic Damn. back. Brother. How are you doing, my friend? Now that we can hear you. Uh, Hopefully better now that you guys can hear me. That's uh, <laughs> that's a good win here. <laughs> Absolutely. Just like uh, App State's win over Texas A&M. That was a good win, too. There we go. Let's start it off with the favorites, right? I mean, yeah. So, Well, Dominic, as our Sunbelt Conference director, brother, I'm assuming that you're plugged in and have some juicy news for us today and all the good people. What have you heard around the conference? Any major updates? Anything about the newcomers? Give us the details. Yeah. So, obviously, we know from last year we had four newcomers, and uh, one of those being FCS uh, national power, James Madison. We'll start there with those guys. What what an impressive season, right? I mean, these guys came out of nowhere. A lot of people didn't know how they'd fare. You know, I guess some people thought that they would be just fine against the lower end Sun Belt teams, but uh, they didn't know how they'd do against some of the better ones. That underdog yeah. mentality, man. Just yeah. Take it and, and run with it. And we've seen this before too, right? I mean, we've seen Georgia Southern and App State come in with a winning pedigree. James Madison has now done the same thing. So at least when the Sun Belt have been moving teams up from the FCS, it's not weak, mid-tier FCS teams. These are the best of the best, and they're becoming the best of the best here in the group of five, if not of all of college football. As we've known from last year, App State's upset over Texas A&M, Marshall beating number eight Notre Dame, Georgia Southern going in there and 
ousting Scott Frost from his position at Nebraska pretty much single-handedly. You're so, welcome, Nebraska fans. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're set up too much better with who they've got now, although he's pretty good at rebuilding programs. So maybe, maybe Rule will do some things. Matt, uh, yeah, Matt, you want to tell everybody As, how your experience with Matt Rule has gone? <laughs> so I would – I listen – I would rather have to blow my nose with pineapples for the rest of my life um, than have to watch Matt Rule coach another game. I mean, it was – he's a college coach for sure, but watching him in the NFL was like watching paint attack you. Not dry, but jump off the wall and attack you and choke you to death. Like, it was it was just miserable. So, I think he'll be a good fit at Nebraska, assuming that Georgia State doesn't beat him again um, or whoever they play this year. So, at, but he's at least he's not Scott Frost. So, um, Nebraska fans got that going for him, but we'll see. Um, which I still don't understand. Well, how I he mean, goes hey, from going undefeated to Nebraska and cannot win anything. Listen, give him some respect. I mean, the man just knows he just knows how to sell himself, and you know, he sell he knows how to sell a program if you give him time. It's just you can't recruit in the NFL, you, you have to go with everything else, and that was. That was one of his major holdups was he couldn't do what he wanted um, like he could at a college program. But um, but yeah. we'll get more on that on the uh, the Big Ten special. Or Big <laughs> Whichever conference they're in, I forget. Nebraska's like changed hands a couple times. Oh, yeah. true. But speaking of conference newcomers, Dominic, who are you the most impressed with, if not James Madison, um, that's joined the Sun Belt recently? So definitely most impressed with them. I think they take the cake just because they stepped up such a level, right? And then they performed well at that level. Uh, so I, I would still list them as the number one, like, newcomer coming in. But obviously, we've got Marshall sitting there as well. And uh, they've been impressive for a long time. But now they're going to come in and here and press in the Sun Belt. And they've got a great opportunity with two Power 5 matchups against the ACC this year, playing both Virginia Tech and NC State. Virginia Tech is going to come at home there in Marshall. So that a huge game in that one. Uh, so some storylines as the previous Marshall quarterback is now at Virginia Tech. So uh, we'll see. That's right. How that rolls. Uh, well, I don't know if he'll be the starter. I'm, I'm not tuned into the Virginia Tech program like that, but uh, I know he was the starter last year, so he could be going into this, this season. Uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech has struggled with some of the Virginia teams, so it'll be interesting if they can carry that over to the West Virginia teams as ODU took care of Virginia Tech last year to note another P5 victory for the Sun Belt. Right. So uh, you've got some teams in here. I'll save uh, maybe one of the biggest ones for Brandon to talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but App State's playing UNC. I think that's a, an opportunity. I don't think that will be easy with what App State has lost and where UNC is kind of expected to be. But I think that's a, a great opportunity. Um for them in that one, you've got James Madison going to Virginia. Obviously, a great shot there. Virginia is not a powerhouse of any sorts. Uh, yeah. ACC teams aren't always the strongest anyway. This one's one James Madison has previously won, even as an FCS team. Uh, so, well, I'm sorry, that might have been Virginia Tech. But either way, again, another winning tradition and winning history that's going to go into having the ability to pull these types of wins off on the road and then that's not even mentioning the west side which may be the most powerful side going into this season as you've got south alabama and troy both heavy favorites over there and south alabama's got a chance to pull some pretty good games when facing tulane obviously the new year's six representative from last year as well as oklahoma state they'll have to go in there and win that one again not easy but with what they're bringing back very possible 
We've got Jonathan covering USA for us. He does a great job. If you click on the article within collegefootballdogs.com, he's already previewed their entire season. So if you're a big South Alabama fan, certainly go check that out. Check out what the Jaguars have to offer going into this season. Uh, and then, again, the previous champion with Troy there, they're going to play up at Kansas State in week two. So certainly a game to keep your eye on as far as upsets are concerned within the Sun Belt. So, and Coastal goes to UCLA this year, right? That's correct. Yeah. So, fun fact about uh, Troy and South Alabama and all them: the University of Alabama, uh, I've heard they won't schedule them just because they know what kind of talent they pull from transfers and um, three-star recruits and whatnot. They're so scared of losing to another Alabama team that's not Auburn that they just won't schedule them at all. Period. Well, didn't nope. Troy beat Alabama not like Saban's first or second year? So that was the University of Louisiana Monroe. Um, okay. One and O versus Nick Saban. So you won't schedule that. them again. No. <laughs> and then it, then it was Troy and LSU. I know Troy went into it was either Bama. I think it was LSU. You're and right. It was LSU. Beat them because they put billboards up after that. Yep. As they should. And- <clears throat> All the way was- into LSU. That's what it said. Nice. That that was super frustrating to watch as an Auburn fan because you try to win in Baton Rouge for like a decade, and then the team next door to you goes down there on just a random Saturday, and there they go. They did it. And then you're like, what in the world? So, yeah, I remember that one. (laughs) I love it. And listen, Troy, another FCS power that was brought up. I mean, when they're picking these teams, I don't know who has been doing this because it's not the same person over all these years. So how how do they continue to win with bringing up these teams? Uh, I just, I love it, right? But it's just yeah. shocking to see them gain traction and be so successful year after year. And obviously multiple iterations of this conference along the way, and they're still claiming winning programs and winning traditions. I think that's what's more important about the Sun Belt, right? Maybe we don't have the biggest media markets. We have the history, tradition, and the fan bases that love college football, and they love to see this stuff. And I think that's why kids want to come play at these schools as well. Oh, the yep. passion. Like I, I said, living not far from Georgia Southern and getting to see these fans every Saturday, every game, pumped, excited. Um, I've seen it with Appalachian State. I've seen it with Coastal. They're not – the biggest programs they're not the biggest they don't have the biggest stadiums but they pack them full it is amazing yeah a lot of passion and pride in this conference that's for sure and that again i think that's what the hallmark of this conference will continue to be you've got a lot of g5 conferences rapidly changing landscapes right now i think the sunbelt may just be the most significantly geographic conference where people are going to like and care when they're playing the opponents that are in their conference. They're not having to go on airplane flights all the time. Obviously you have some of that, but most people can take a weekend or, uh, you know, a long day drive and get to these games home and away. Uh, and that's one of the best things that about this conference that currently exists. Yep. I have a quick uh, question. Um, so UCF for years did the pay to play to become who they are today. Do you see that happening with the Sunbelt, with these schools? Are, you know, they're being paid to go in and play Notre Dame and beat them or A&M, Nebraska. They're getting paid big money. 
And that money goes right back into the program, which I think then in return, either builds them new stadiums, new facilities, which then in turn brings in the better recruits. Do you think the Sun Belt is thriving off of that the same way as like UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, they did for years? I don't know. Maybe if all of the teams are at that significant of a level, I think the top teams are there. And I think mm -hmm. that's a great point because that's going to be the only way that these G5 teams, not just in the Sun Belt, but in general, are going to try and even the playing field, right? They're not yeah. going to have all the NIL money coming in that the Power Five programs are going to have, right? They're not going to have the four and five stars all the time. But what they can have is the facilities and the stadiums and the passion. Yeah. And they're going to have to nail that down. So if they're bringing in money from these these power programs, yes, they need to put it back into their athletics, not just in football either, uh, because the better you are in multiple sports, as James Madison also is, they're, they're coming in not just as a power in football, but in basketball and baseball, they've put a ton of money into their Southern programs. Southern Miss as well. Yeah. Southern Miss, Coastal. I mean, Coastal won the College World Series just a few years ago. And then Southern Miss made it and held uh, Supers this year. Twice. They ran it the last two seasons. Very and so it's kind of like, okay, that's yeah. perfect. That's like, what you, want, you have to build not just one foot. I mean, I know it's hard, but as the SEC, Big 12, you kind of look football's number one. Yes. And a lot of times these smaller conferences have to use leverage off of their other main, if it's basketball, baseball, even softball in some of these schools to build leverage. And that's what they've been doing, I think. Absolutely. That's why That's why whenever I hear uh, the discussions about like doing all conference schedules, you got to remember a lot of these smaller schools, um, they depend on the big guys um, yeah. to uh, – Hey Hunter, uh, they depend on the big guys to to oh. uh, be able to assist. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I was replaced for a minute. I like that little. Oh my gosh! That that at least was, it wasn't me putting makeup on this perfect. time. That was perfect. Um, <laughs> that was our president, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, I I think like all these when when we talk about like all conference schedules, that's fine and everything for like playoff selection and strength of schedule. But all these smaller schools, you got to think this helps out with their facilities. Um, I do believe a lot of the money does go there, and this is also an opportunity for kids that didn't get to play at bigger schools to showcase what they can do on the national stage. And it's also a good opportunity for a good upset. You just never know what's going to happen. So I'm good at I that. I certainly do hope that we get more um, games like with the Sun Belt uh, schools in the future. Um, even if we do get um, more conference game in like the Big Ten SEC, I hope they don't lose sight of like what else, um, who else is out there to play. So, um, Dominic, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you, follow you, and all that good stuff? I am known on the socials as Sun Belt Syndicate. That's pretty much across the board. Anything. Everywhere and anything you look up, it'll, it'll pretty much be the same name. So um, that's where you can find me. Perfect. Awesome. Dominic, thank you so much for coming on, brother. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, guys. I'm just waiting for Hunter to pop back up. I can't with that because at least it was him this time and not me putting on makeup. That was fun last week. We We're going to have to do an end-of-the-season blooper and go back and put all of our bloopers into one podcast. I just want I, I just want a gif of him doing that, though. Like, 
it took us three shows. We managed to get through two shows with nothing going wrong. Third time's the charm. Oh my goodness. What a I love it. What what an upset, right? What a surprise appearance. And that's a great segue into the next topic. Because sometimes a team will get surprised by an upset. Um and we had, like, I think you said earlier, we had three last year, four. Three we four. did. Yeah, we that had three cool. last year. AM, Notre Dame, and Nebraska. Yeah. Um, it just makes me it makes me curious, Nikki. I don't know about you, but looking ahead to some of the games coming up this year of major schools playing some some belt conference. We said North Carolina versus App State. I really do think North Carolina is gonna lose that one. App State should have won last year. For being completely honest, yeah. so they're going to be hungry for revenge. But to kind of break down a couple of more surprise games for us, we've got Bisco, also known as Brandon Bisco Bing, but we know him as Bisco around here. He is a Sunbelt reporter for the College Football Dogs, also our South Carolina insider. Brandon, how you doing? Hey there, guys. Pretty good. And real quick, Nikki, you mentioned uh, play our teams using that money, using that buy-in money to enhance facilities. Coastal Carolina is actually doing that very thing right now. It a lot of it a lot of the money is coming from the state, but I'm sure they're using some of that uh, money from those big games. They're building a new practice facility starting nice. yeah. Indoor nice. indoor practice facility. Man, I like coastal. I love it when they take when you gotta love, love the surf turf. Facility. Yeah. <laughs> the surf turf. That's what? what they call it. Is it green? It's like some it, weird colored green or a light blue. It's ba- if you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's a wow. light blue. It's supposed to be like the ocean. That hold on. I'm actually going to look it up right now <laughs> live while we're doing it. Let's see. And you guys were the last Post- ones to be allowed to do that, right? Um, Cuz it's a it's a illegal that- Oh, with the NCAA, you're correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah they. I, know, I think you guys were the last ones to be able to. Yeah. Oh, that is that is teal green. <laughs> that's like Ninja Turtle. That's yeah. That's that's Ninja Turtle green. That's, I know the, uh, wow. the only other uh, Division One school that has a different color other than Boise is Eastern Washington, who has red. Yeah, that's I can't watch Boise's. <laughs> Boise's. You don't sick. like the Smurf turf? No, I can't. I, it makes me sick. There's something with it. It it I can't do it. I can't after after having his team be coached by Brian Harson. I'm done with everything, Boise. So Brandon, um <laughs> shout out Coach Harson. Um Brandon, so I already said Hap State should beat North Carolina this year. I'm calling it. I know Drake May's on there, but they really they really should have lost that game last year. Like there's App State should have had two upsets last year. So I really do think they're gonna go to North Carolina with revenge on the mind. And I think they're gonna get it done. Um, North Carolina doesn't have all the weapons they had last year for Drake May to throw to. Uh Josh Downs being being the biggest loss. So but I'm just I'm curious, Brandon, who else is on the docket to uh get a shocker pulled over him? Okay, I've got four for you guys. And one of them I actually didn't have originally. But then when you guys were talking about how well Georgia Southern has done against power teams, okay. in the past, I thought, hey, this is prime for an upset. 
Georgia Southern over Wisconsin. Ooh. I'd buy it. Yeah, I'd, I can I'd see buy it. it. I don't know how Wisconsin's going to be this year. They lost a lot of players, but I, I can see that even on Wisconsin in a in a good season. I can see that. They lost Graham Mertz to Florida. Yeah, That's to Florida. It, so. <laughs> I, yeah, I could I could buy that. What's up? Yeah. Okay. So, but if not, why is it always Georgia Southern? If not Georgia Southern, though, who else would you My, put money on? I, I have another one, and and we're this one could be a big factor towards our main topic tonight that you guys will talk about in a little bit with Tony. But Southern Miss over Florida State. Oh, I don't know, but uh, mm. maybe not necessarily a win, but at the very least, I think it might be close. It could be a game. Like, yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like Florida State just got out of that weird period of losing games they shouldn't after recovering from um, Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> but man, I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, geez. I can't see that one happening. I can't. Um, like, in. With theory, who yeah, Florida like State has coming back and who they've pulled from the portal, I don't think there's a chance that any school. I and I and I'm Florida State is at the bottom of teams I could like at all. <laughs> like there's pure passionate hate for that team, and I have to give them props. There's no way. Like, I don't think LSU has a chance against them again this year. I don't think anyone does. There's no I, way. So, Brandon, between the two you just mentioned, who do you like to lose more, Wisconsin or Florida State? I think probably Wisconsin. Um, but then I've got two others that I think are even more likely. Go for it. Even the more first, likely? Yes. Okay. For the it. first is Troy over Kansas State. I'd buy that. I'd buy and that. Then, and, and then the other one, Colin's gonna hate me for this. I'm gonna get fired over this one. This, oh, this is this is the top one that I think can happen, and it's gonna happen in week one. And people are gonna call me a homer, but Coastal over UCLA. Let's go. Call out Chip Kelly. <laughs> With okay. Colin on the I want a score project. <laughs> I want a score project ah, projection from you, and I'm going to put it down so that yeah. after week one we can come back and see how close you were. Okay. So I'm what do gonna, you think? I, I'm coastal. Coastal twenty eight. Okay. UCLA twenty four. Because that's pretty <laughs> much what every upset has been in the last. Okay, mm -hmm. last year alone, everyone was between two, four, two, one. Like they were very close games. Oh, and I forgot to mention that Troy and Kansas State game that keeps up the trend and tradition of the Sun Belt beating the Big Twelve. Bisco, give us a score prediction. I like this idea, Nikki. So, give us a score prediction for all of them. So, okay. going back to uh, back down to Troy and Kansas State. Troy and Kansas State. Hmm. Live, on air. Give it to us okay. right now. We're going to roast you uh, on it at the end I'll, of the year. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Um, I'll say that one will be 35-28. Dang, okay. 
a full touchdown. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Let's go. Uh, for Southern Miss Florida State, like I said, I'm not sure if Southern Miss will actually be able to win, but I think it will be close. If um, I disagree. I feel like if Florida State's going to drop that game, as talented as they are, it's going to be a case where, like, they Southern Miss just punches them right in the mouth and doesn't give them a chance to recover. Like I'm talking a 42 to 20 or at the down. very least floor or at the very least Southern Miss takes a very early big lead. Yeah. Like 21, nothing in the first half. Yeah. What's your, so what what's do you your think final? Uh, I'll say. Or, if Southern Miss is able to win that game, it would be like we talked about. I think I'll say 35-21. And lastly, Georgia State at Wisconsin. Georgia, or Georgia State. Or, yeah, Georgia Southern against My Wisconsin. Uh, I'll say 21-17. Okay. Actually, I could I can believe that. So Camp Randall hasn't really been uh they they're still learning the new offense over there with Luke Fickle. So or no, not and, Fickle's and Wisconsin, offense. Wisconsin Wisconsin, even back in the day when you know Ron Dane and and those guys were there, Wisconsin has always been a defensive for yeah. defense first team. Yeah. This could things could get interesting out of there right out of the gate. I like that. Um yes, thank you, Tony, in the chat. It's Phil Longo's offense at Wisconsin, <laughs> which should be fine, but that can take a minute to implement because it's like elements of the RPO and air raid. So pretty complicated stuff, but well, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on brother. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff. They can follow me, me on Twitter at Bisco on the air. And, uh, you know, just follow me on college football dogs, post, posting a bunch of stuff, a new article about South Carolina, the preview for them just went up today and a few very interesting articles coming your way in regards to conference realignment and the college football playoff coming up uh, over the next few weeks. Nice. Awesome. Brandon, thank you so much, brother. We'll catch you on the other side later. Yep. Go Gamecocks. I don't actually know if he's a Gamecock fan or a Coastal fan. He likes both of them so much equally. So, oh, man. Well, this is pretty good stuff so far. I've I've learned there a lot is. about the Sun Belt. I've learned a lot about um I've learned well, there goes Nikki. I've learned a lot. Hey Nikki, you sure have changed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to. Had to. That's um, just gonna be my nickname from now on. So just call me Nikki. Just <laughs> the <laughs> Nikki's evil twin. Um <laughs> You ever uh, you ever see Bad Grandpa? Your name is oh. Cinnamon. <laughs> my name's just gonna be nick nikki just call me nikki <laughs> for everyone that doesn't know this is nikki our co-founder <laughs> also one of our draft experts um <laughs> man it's good to have you here colin um i'm glad that you jumped in uh tell you what brother do you want to go ahead and go through our draft picks real quick yeah we can do that man okay a uh, little something that we had planned later, but just like every good podcast, we're making stuff up on the fly. So um, <laughs> there's your professional plug. 
I have learned a lot about the Sun Belt as we've gone on today, but the one thing I keep wanting to talk about and come back to is all the draft picks because you know we're we're NFL draft guys. Like we're we're all hyped about the stats oh, and yeah. the numbers Always. and the, the backgrounds. And not a lot of people know this, but most of your roster spots in the NFL are filled up with people from the smaller conferences. Like you get the big name players from the power five, but that left tackle that's been holding down Joe Burrow's spot or that, that right guard anchoring Tom Brady, they come from other schools like Marshall, like old dominion and all that. So there's always a hidden gym Tyreek Hill. Um, I believe he was from South Alabama actually. Um, and of course everyone knows who he is now. So um, I'm just curious uh, Tony would also like to remind us the Pro Football Hall of Fame is full of small college players, small school indeed college. Indeed, it is indeed not small college players. Kyler Murray's <laughs> not there yet, but he'll get there. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> that's a different show, y'all. Hot take for you, but that's a different show. <laughs> and I'm back. We'll I'm there. sorry. I had to You're be good. a mom for a second and get my daughter a popsicle. Is your daughter oh, a good. fan of? Uh, <laughs> is your daughter a fan? Um, she's like a, a massive gator. Like her see, room is Albert. Everything is Albert. See, we uh we we take by the fans for the fans seriously. So yeah, we do. Nikki, good job taking care of another fan from the fans. <laughs> I don't know. That was my horrible uh by the fan for the fans. <laughs> Anyways, we're going back into draft content, y'all. <laughs> One of my <laughs> favorite cowboys so, came from Troy to Marcus Ware. Yes. Never forget, folks. He's a can't can't forget Demarcus Ware. So, nope. Um, Colin, I'll I'll start with you. Um, who are you who are you watching this year exactly? Like, who you like to go like at least day two, if anything, in this year in the next year's up, upcoming in a, blah, 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 NFL draft? Yeah, you know, I mean, I I kind of just looked at some people that I've been hearing a lot of uh, buzz lately. Um, and for uh, the Sun Belt specifically, there's um, a couple guys, but I want to. I know you and Nikki had some people you wanted to mention as well. So um, I'm actually going to kick it off with Jalen White, who is a running back from Georgia Southern. Nice. Uh, he's somebody that I've been hearing a lot about. Last year, he was a preseason Doke Walker Award candidate um, and ended up being a finalist last year at the end of the year. Uh, this year he starts off on the preseason second team, all Sunbelt um, for Athlon Sports, just behind another guy that we're going to bring up uh, a little bit later. Uh, but he was uh, on the second team as an all-purpose back. So not necessarily a running mm -hmm. back, but, you know, that guy who can just do a little bit of everything. And he can. Um, you know, career stats, he's uh, 250 carries for just a little under 1,400 yards, 14 uh, carries, uh, 14 rushing touchdowns. So he has 23 receptions. 227 yards and a uh, receiving touchdown. Uh, but 22 of those 23 career receptions came just last year. So he really wow. got, so we really got a good look at him in the receiving game last year. Um, and I mean, he, he did fantastic. Um, he can use a little bit of work in the past in his pass pro. Um, but I mean, his size is pretty good. He's five, about a five eleven two Oh five. Um, He's a strong downhill runner. When he gets the ball and you have him going downhill, I mean, he's going to roll right over guys. Um, the only kind of thing is that I have with him is he he's not very flexible in his hips. Um, so he's not great moving side to side. If you, have, if, if you look, he's very, very stiff. Um, that also kind of affects his cutting as well. 
Um, he does not drop his hips when he cuts. Um, so it's kind of when you look at him cut, it kind of looks weird because he kind of rounds it off um, rather than just planting his foot and driving it, uh, driving one way or the other. Um, and then last year I was kind of looking at some of his pass, his receiving game. Um, and on some of his swing and flat routes, he would catch the ball. And instead of flipping his hips to cut up field, um, I think, again, this goes with that, those stiff hips is, right. um, he would just kind of catch the ball and take a little hop right in place. It's, it's very quick and you wouldn't notice it if he didn't go slow motion, but he does, he kind of flip, does like a little hop so that he gets square to the line of scrimmage. Uh, but by doing that, I mean, he loses all of his momentum. So, right. um, and a lot of those those routes, he would just end up with, you know, one or two yard losses behind the line of scrimmage. And that's that's why it's because he's losing that momentum. Um, I think if that's something he needs to work on this year is just working on catching the ball and just planting his leg and going upfield rather than taking that hop and losing all of his momentum. So, uh, but Jalen, uh, Jalen White, great guy. Um, unfortunately, I think because he's Sunbelt um, and I think that especially being a running back, I think he's going to be more of a late day three guy right now. But mm-hmm. again, that's a guy that I've been hearing a lot of buzz. So I just want to, you know, give my perspective on him going into the season. Is there a, do you have an NFL comp for him? Like, is there a player that he reminds you of when you watch him for some reason at, when you were talking about his, um, him opening up the receiving game playoff Leonard Fournette popped in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's actually very, very good. Um, I mean, that's, I, I, it didn't pop into my head, but as soon as you said that I could see it right away. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, playoff Leonard Fournette and regular Leonard Fournette are two different Leonard Fournettes. Um, <laughs> playoff Lenny. They they swap during the postseason. Uh, regular Lenny goes home and vacations. Playoff Lenny comes out to play. So, um, but that's. His, I don't think that's that. It's I don't think it's that way anymore. It's just always Leonard Fournette nope. now. Or maybe yeah, maybe it's his alter ego. Like he's got the <laughs> playoff Lenny jersey underneath his regular jersey. He has playoff Lenny. I have Nikki. <laughs> yeah. There you there you go. <laughs> Oh man! Speaking of Nikki, Nikki, um, Nikki, I'm curious. Is there a? Is there? A, actually, do you mind if I go first? Is that okay? Please do. I really want to. I really want to talk about this guy. Okay, I'm super okay. excited. Um, I'm looking at Grayson McCall, okay, the quarterback out of Coastal Carolina. He was a two-star recruit coming out of high school, so like nobody really wanted this guy. So he was like, okay, bet I'm gonna go take a chance on myself, um, at Coastal Carolina, and that's. I mean, he's just worked his butt off ever since he's, he's got there. Um, he's got one of the best completion percentages in the country. He's averaging about 70% right now. Um, that's something a lot of scouts look at first before they look at your yards. 71 is insane for a quarterback yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays, because of how he- pass-heavy offenses are, I mean, 70% is I- extremely high. Yeah. He was, also, he was also recruited by App State, but he picked Coastal. And last year alone, it's it's not like um, eye-popping numbers, but, I mean, listen to this. 2,700 yards for the year. Okay, not exactly lighting it up. But he threw 24 touchdowns to two interceptions. Two yeah, interceptions. Yeah, two. Yep. This kid is, like, stupid accurate, I, and I love it. Um, kind of, When I watch him play, I, I, I'm kind of reminded of Daniel Jones. In a way, just because he's able to flick the ball out really fast. He's also able to really push it down the field exactly where he wants it to go. The only knack I've got against him 
is I need him to go through his reads a little bit more, like take his time with it, because it kind of looks like at times he hikes the ball and he knows exactly who's throwing it to. And do you, that may, do you let me ask you this. Do you think yeah. Tim Beck will help with that new head coach coming out of NC State? I mean, he helped uh, Devin Leary. Do you think uh, that new offense, especially transitioning from what they were doing with a triple option um, kind of RPO game to whatever Tim Beck's bringing in um, more of a spread spread style yeah. Um, do you think that'll help at all? I, I, yeah, I think um, I'm actually expecting more from Grayson this year. Um, I think he could go over 3,500 yards if he just plays smart, which is what he's done this whole time. Um, I like what Tim Beck did with Devin Leary. Um, he's the reason why Devin Leary was highly coveted by every school in the country when he announced he was going to transfer. How Kentucky landed him, I don't know, but they should be thanking their lucky stars. <laughs> but he's going to, I think it's going to work really good between McCall and Beck. Um, that's a good match right there. Um, Chris in the chat says McCall reminds me of Kellen Moore with his play calling. I, I don't know, but my question but, is, is why was he a two star coming out of high school? I again, he's just a smaller high school and wasn't getting recognized because we have that with JJ Watt and players like that, they didn't come from massive schools. Yeah, there's yeah, there's millions of quarter high school quarterbacks out there, and like you said, Nikki, the ones from the bigger high schools that are closer to bigger colleges or get more money, they're going to get the most attention. Grayson, I think if he had played, um, if he had played at like maybe one of the Alabama high schools growing up, he probably would have got more looks, honestly. Well, I mean, it also hurts too, because 24 seven sports on three, they don't really go and scout these kids at all. A lot of times what they do is they just go, oh, well, this, this player has an offer from Alabama. So he must be getting a five. We might, we might as well make him a four or five star because if Alabama wanted him, I mean, he has to be that good. right? Right. So again, these, these uh, these organizations like twenty four seven on three, you always have to take their their rankings with a grain of salt. And actually, if you want to actually know how good they are, you need to go and look at their huddle tape on your own. Make your own opinion on them. Yeah, but you know, he went to Coastal and worked his butt off, and I mean, it's paid off. I remember last year he was actually in a couple of articles as a sneaky first round pick if he decided to declare. Um, instead, he tried to go to Auburn to play for Hugh Freeze, but because of academics, he couldn't. So he's back at Coastal to uh, hopefully ball out and improve his draft stock. I think he could honestly go round three. Yeah, if that's he, about. That's actually where yeah. I have him in my summer scouting is round three. Um, I also want to ask you too. So he is the only player ever to win three Sun Belt Conference Player of the Year awards. Does he make it four this year? Yes. <laughs> you think he does I'll, I'll i think i would agree right with now. that yep, yeah i think i would agree with that yeah i'm super high on this kid i i can't wait to see what he does i'll just go ahead and call my shot right now colin um he goes day day two round three san francisco 49ers to play for kyle shanahan there you go i could um, see that i could <laughs> see that again with just the way that shanahan <laughs> likes his quarterbacks again they they just need to be a game manager. They don't need to be anything fancy. They yep. don't need to be able wow. to throw it. They don't need to be able to throw it eighty yards. They they need to be able to distribute the football. Yep. Let let your playmakers make those plays. Just distribute the football. Exactly. I can uh, see it. That's a so great that's, take. So that's who I'm watching. Thank you. You too, um, Nikki. I do believe you've got. Um, I think you've got the player everyone's talking about. Would you mind? Letting us in on who you're watching this year. I am watching Frank Gore Jr. Never heard of him. 
No. No. This I'm just kid kidding. has. I don't even know how to explain his talent. It's definitely a new type of talent. Um, we are seeing, okay, I have to say that I look at him as almost a Tebow style talent. I can watch him run, throw, trick plays, you name it. He's putting up the yards mostly in rushing right now. Um, receiving is there. We're at, and he just keeps getting better from like 2020, starting out with like, where were we at? 120. One carries for 708 yards. Then he goes last year to 100 and or 801. And then last year, 1,381 yards for eight touchdowns. So what's he do this year? He's bigger. We've seen his videos. I don't know. I think he could just put up like, 2,000. Just like the Daft Punk song, Bigger. Better, faster, stronger. <laughs> yes, that's that's what he is. Um, I, I say I think he puts up close to two thousand, if not more. I actually don't have an argument against that because I thought for some reason in my head I was like, oh yeah, that guy went for two thousand yards last year, and I was actually <laughs> shocked he didn't because he's got the build and the football IQ to do that. His dad was Frank Gore, senior. For those of you that didn't figure it out yet, um, all two of you Alabama fans in the chat. Um, but, yeah. but um i was trying to find an nfl comparison for him and the only one that popped up was frank gore and i was like i guess <laughs> it's fair but i wanted to get him like his own name but um no i but i think it is a good comparison because his dad played forever in the league just because he was so durable and fast and Kept his kept his football IQ up, like he just knew every play and everything about the run game, and he was like, "Yep, I'll go this way, I'll go that way, whatever you want." So, um, and I yeah. feel like he's doing the same as his dad. His dad grew with the game, yeah. so if that mean, meant he had to get bigger, he got bigger. If it meant that he had to lean out, he leaned out. And right now, he's using that same technique, and he's gotten bigger. He's yeah. right. Putting he, he's on, putting his. He's using his dad's experience to his advantage. Mm -hmm. that's, and I that's, think that's that, like, that was the biggest thing I wrote down too. Yeah, that's right there. Mental. Um, his dad has put that in his head. His dad's taught him this is a game that you have to change with. You cannot stay thinking you have to be. This is how I'm supposed to be. That changes every year. You change with the game. I get Mark Ingram vibes a little bit. I can see that. I, yeah, I, I I don't know why. Just something about the way he anticipates the run and then hits it really fast. I'm like, ah, oh, I saw that. He ran all over it. Auburn. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, where do you think he gets drafted, Nikki, in this uh, weird age for running backs in the NFL right now? We're not seeing too many go in the top. But he's not your 20, normal running back. Yeah. He's not your normal running back. I mean, that's kind of like seeing Kyle Pitts in tight end. He's not your normal tight end. And Gore's not your normal running back. He can do it all. You know you can put him on the field as a running back. You can put him as a tight end if needed, receiver. This is a guy that can do it all. And I think um, coming from the Sun Belt, like I wish he would go high. But what we've seen, it's gotten better the last few years with uh, Sun Belt players going higher. 
but it's just kind of like they're not looked at like everyone else and it's ridiculous. You've got some of the greatest, but I'm going to say late second round. Unless this year he just, boom, I mean, explodes, yeah. which I think, well, if he explodes, he goes first round in my eyes. I'd put, mm, I can see that, actually. Mm -hmm. A guy like Bill Belichick who's like, you know what? He's got Junior in his name, so he played, his dad played for somebody. <laughs> Get him on the team. Like, second round, though, I could definitely see. This year's running back class, it's not super strong, so the name value will certainly help him because, again, mm -hmm. I think his dad played for half the teams in the league. Um, and I think if he puts up at least similar numbers to last year, um, that's going to show consistency and people are going to be like, okay, well, he's durable and he's fast and he knows what he's doing. So let's just give him a shot. And again, he could leapfrog a lot of other names that are getting a lot of attention right now. So I'll, I'll just say it. Dallas Cowboys. Round two. <laughs> I'll take you. I'll take so, you all day. Being a no, Cowboys fan, I'll take you. No disrespect to, uh, who they just drafted, uh, Deuce Vaughn, but. You know, I, I don't know. Frank, okay. come on. Frank Gore Jr. So we'll take awesome. you. Well, perfect. Colin, thank you so much for jumping in on short notice. Brother, where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at New England Fan 12. Um, other than that, just keep an eye on college football dogs. I know that uh, I'll be having an article out soon uh, differentiating Division One to Division Three on academic requirements, scholarships, all sorts of things. Nice. Awesome. Colin, appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, guys. Bye. So, Nikki, if you're a – Nikki, if you're a um a cowboy fan, I gotta ask you, uh, if Frank Gore Jr. played for the Eagles, could you still cheer for him? That's a hard <laughs> one. That is so hard because I was faced with that this last year. Um, CJ, Chauncey Gardner, right? <laughs> Noah's mom, love him. Was an Eagle this year. Uh, and it was the hardest thing is I wanted to see him do good, but I couldn't cheer. I, right. I hoped he did good, but I hope they lost. So same thing. I hope I hope Frank Gore <laughs> Jr. If he goes to the Eagles, that they do he does amazing and they lose every game. Perfect. We'll <laughs> we'll uh, we'll let you stew on that. Um, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. What's the difference between these two identical cups of coffee? Everything. Everything. Boring basic coffee is leaving you dead inside. Thank the Dark Lord, there's Bones Coffee. Small batch, full-bodied coffee infused with the most mind-melting flavors in the world. Or underworld. Oh, I've had flavored coffee Oh, I've had flavored coffee before. You haven't had <laughs> Welcome. To the highly caffeinated, slightly wicked, and immortally delicious world of Bones. Yes, Bones Coffee. And remember, everybody, when you go online to shop, make sure you use the promo code DOGBONES. Gets you 10% off your order. Um, well, Nikki, this is a lot of fun, actually. Yes. I, I, did, I didn't know what to expect talking about the Sun Belt, but I've, I've enjoyed everything. Hopefully, all of you in the chat, I'm going to go through a couple of the comments real quick. Uh, pray for me. Let's see. Do, do, do. He'll go. Jonathan Manning says he'll go fourth. Hell go forth. I'm assuming Frank. Going forth. Hell will I go forth. Helga gotcha. So, 
Trev Gris says Zeke 2.0. I'm assuming that he's talking about um he's talking about Frank Gore Jr. Um that's fine. Hey. Zeke produces. He produces. Yeah. You have a running back that mm-hmm. averages 10 plus yards per carry. Guess what? He produces. I'll take him. TJ Chapman, Matt Rule will turn things around at Nebraska. I think so too. Uh, Nebraska fans are gonna have to be patient, but after going through Scott Frost, they should be used to that, right? Um <laughs> Man, I gotta quit taking digs at Nebraska. I don't know why. Um, anyways, I will always right. take digs at them because of them beating us for a national championship. So. Well, we're gonna actually take. Uh, we're actually gonna take several digs in just a second um, at some teams that could potentially lose to the Sun Belt come New Year's because every New Year's there's the uh, the the Group of Five school that comes on and shocks the world by beating Oklahoma or USC. <clears throat> last year hunter's gonna come back on in three seconds um <laughs> you so won't be smiling talk- this time <laughs> so. no. um, but to kind of to kind of talk about some uh new year's six favorites to come from the sun belt maybe a few sleepers we've got our very own vandy chris yes his legal name is vandy chris how you doing today brother hey, chris. chris you're muted my goodness <laughs> All these muted nights. We are on it tonight. Uh, it tonight. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to talking about some uh, some belt football. I and love it. Some New York New Year Six bowl games. I I love that. As soon as we get sponsors, we immediately start having technical difficulties. Like it's just fun. always. But yeah, uh, Chris, it's good to have you. Um, I know you're a Vandy guy, but I trust that you've got some good um, teams for us to keep an eye on this year. Who are you picking? right now to go to the New Year's Six as the group of five representative from the Sun Belt. Well. And why is it my, Coastal Carolina? My, my pick to go to the New Year's Six uh, bowl game is not my favorite to win the conference. My favorite to oh. win the conference is ineligible because they're in their second year of being in FBS football. Some kind of crazy rule that the NCAA has, but my favorite to win the conference is actually James Madison. But to get into a New Year's Six game, I believe the University of South Alabama has the inside Mm -hmm. track. Mm. And with what what they have coming back and a big game against Oklahoma State early in the season, if they win that game, they're going to get their name out there and they're going to be a serious contender for a New Year's Six Bowl. I can see that. That's I didn't think of South Alabama. Good point. I had um, I don't know where you had like Appalachia State and uh, Coastal Carolina on your rankings. I wrote this down as like number one A and one B. But the reason I picked Coastal over App State is because I like Grayson McCall more than Chase Bryce. No disrespect to quarterback Bryce, but he's got a better touchdown interception ratio than uh, Chase did. So. Um, if not South Alabama, though, who else are you thinking about, Chris? Um, like I said, I have James Madison. I think they're. I actually think they're better than Coastal Carolina. Uh, we do have mm-hmm. last year's forty-seven to seven game as a reminder of that. But yeah, because of the rules being what they are, I think uh, Coastal Carolina is probably going to win that division and get in that championship game against uh, South Alabama. What about so, Troy? What? I, I just don't have think to they have enough. In there. 
They led the West last year. They've brought in some really, really good players through the portal. They have some good returning players. They only lost two games all season, um, one in conference. South Alabama is right below them, and they might be bringing back more and brought in more. So I do have them going before Troy, but I do. I could see Troy making a statement next year. Well, the reason I pick uh, South Alabama over Troy is because USA actually returns 10 starters off of a very nasty defense that they had. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I find it, it's going to be very difficult for teams to score against them. Mm -hmm. And if you can't score, you're not going to win ball games. So that's, that's, that's going to be the South Alabama calling card. That's true. Colin uh, Sutrick, who's just on, he just messaged us and said South Alabama will be 12 and 0 this year. Book it. Um, I do have kind of a fun question for you. You're going to write being, that down. <laughs> put your money where your mouth is, Colin. Yep. Um, I do you have a fun yep. question for you, Chris. Um, okay. So, obviously, if, if a group of five school makes it into the New Year's Six, that's kind of when they start getting looks as, oh, they could probably be a major contender in some other conference someday. UCF got into the Peach Bowl a couple of years ago, and then now look at them. They're in the Big 12. So, I'm going to make you the SEC commissioner for a second. Um, what's a what's a Sunbelt school that if they made the New Year's Six, you would immediately be like, hey, come and join the best conference in America? Ooh, that's a tough one. Oh, because I'll make it are, tougher. I'll make it tougher. There, you ready? There are some SEC teams that I don't think belong in the SEC. So, yeah, we know you hate Auburn, but it's not. It's, it's actually not Auburn. It's we got one school out in the Midwest that just doesn't fit anywhere in the SEC. So, well, if you were to if you were to well, boot them, Alabama, and, Alabama them. and why is it Alabama? <laughs> why do we need to get rid of Alabama? <laughs> What would you um, – who would you replace them with if you could? Um, I'm thinking I would probably bring in a Coastal Carolina or an App okay. State just to give some regionality and some closer rival-type games for South Carolina because they're kind of an oddball out there by themselves. And I would send Missouri back to the uh, Big 12. Oh, I thought you were going to say Vanderbilt. My bad. <laughs> so. <laughs> we, can, we can give Missouri – I don't think the Big 12 really wants him back either. So we can give Missouri to the Sun Belt. We'll just do a nice trade. We No, um, the Pac-12 needs I, some help. We'll give them Missouri. Pac-12 so. Pac will work. They can go play on the West the, Coast. Any, First, I have anything, a question, though. What is, y'all's re what is Vandy's record against the Sun Belt? I know you guys have played them quite a few times. Oh wow! I don't even know. You you caught me. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I do know y'all lost. You won the last time you played the Sun Belt, um, Western Kentucky at the time. You guys did win that one, but before that, um, you actually had a pretty big losing streak against Sun Belt schools. Yeah, I, I can I I can believe that. I haven't actually yep. looked at the numbers. I do know Western Kentucky did beat us one year. But you beat them uh, the last we, time. And then we beat them the, the second time we played them. Yeah. We didn't tell yeah, Chris uh, we were going to just punch on Vandy as soon as he jumped in. So. But the, the, the funny part is, is if you actually look at it, 
The Sun Belt against SEC schools actually has a really good record. It's not just Vandy. They have Auburn, Florida, Georgia. All of these big schools have lost quite a few times to Sun Belt schools. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, Lord knows that I'm nervous. Lord knows that I'm nervous about Auburn going to Vandy because for some reason, Nashville's just got our numbers. So, but I am looking forward to hanging out with Chris at that game. Uh, but Chris, in the meantime, where can folks find you, follow you outside of putting on a trench coat and a fedora? So I've actually got two different Twitter accounts. I have my personal account, which is Vandy Chris five. I've okay. also got a Southern boy sports Vanderbilt. And I actually have a podcast myself covering college baseball called the golden broom. Show. Uh if you're into college baseball, uh, give us a watch. We appreciate it. Yep. Chris, thank you so much, brother. Anchor down. We'll see you next time. Yes, I've enjoyed you, it. Chris. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Love it. I wasn't even thinking South Alabama for the New Year's Six. I'm glad he I'm glad he reminded me of that. So well so that's Nikki, who I had, and I had Troy right below them. Like I really think Troy is gonna kind of show up this year. Yeah. I'm still I'm still high on Grace in the call. So I'm gonna stick with Coastal Carolina, but I'll be I'll be watching South Alabama now a little closer. Uh, well, Nikki, we've had um, it's been a pretty good night. It's been fun. Of, yes. It's been fun. We've had technical difficulties. We've had laughter. We've had some really good information. I'm really pumped about the fun belt this year from everything. Kids needing popsicles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get me a My bomb wife. pop after this. But uh-huh. well, we do have one more thing before we wrap up and get out of here. Um For those of you that don't know, we at College Football Dogs are officially kicking off Frank Gore Jr.'s Heisman campaign. We think he's got a good shot, and he should absolutely be in the discussion. And if you're a Heisman voter, you should absolutely put his name down for the trophy. And we had a brilliant article written by our very own Tony Thomas. You can check it out now. It's on the website Mm -hmm. to kind of talk about it a little more in depth. Here's Tony once again for the sequel. Mr. Thomas, how you been since we last saw each other, brother? Great, great show, guys. I love the uh I love everything that's been talked about and the and the uh the, the gaffes as well. So it's just, it's quite humorous. So <laughs> thank you. Well, Tony, I love the article, man. It was thank really you. detailed, it was great. Give us a little more, just just walk us through it real quick, what you saw and why we should be voting for Frank Gore Jr. For the Heisman Trophy this year. Well, he is he is definitely a legitimate Heisman Trophy contender, uh, the Heisman Trophy contender in the Sun Belt going into this season. Uh, as y'all talked about earlier, 13, over thirteen hundred yards rushing last year. Um, he is a disruptor. He is a defensive coordinator's worst nightmare. Uh, I guarantee you, there are smash clipboards on opposing sidelines all across the league because they don't know how to defend him. They don't know what how to plan for him, which is a good problem to have for Southern Miss. So they just put him out there, line him up in any position you want, and let him go do his thing. So, uh, you know, he's, he's truly a unique talent as a runner and as a thrower in the super back formation um, that Southern mm-hmm. Miss has deployed the last couple of years. Uh, mostly out of necessity because, you know, they didn't get a, um, a quarterback to step up and separate themselves. So they had to, they had to really uh, work on the fly to, uh, to make things happen. And, and Frank Gore is just the, you know, whatever adjective you want to use, Swiss army knife, 
all-purpose guy. I mean, he he is he is the real deal. Yeah. And uh, I I just you know he he will be uh, a serious contender as the season goes along. Yep. And I mean, hey, at one thousand three hundred and eighty-two rushing yards last year, six point one yards per carry and nine touchdowns. If you don't think you're going to hear about this kid later on in the fall, you're dead wrong. I'm. I'm. And if super you're not hearing about him. You need to get out there and start talking about yeah. him so they hear about him. Like, we That's have it. to be loud. It is time <laughs> for these smaller conferences to get recognized with their talent. We have had talent come out of not only a Sun Belt, but these smaller conferences for years that get no recognition. So it's time. Absolutely. It's time for us to speak up. And, and, and if uh, from the all from the all purpose uh, standpoint, there's there's precedent. Uh, if you look at uh, you know in past Heisman winners, uh, you know Desmond Howard and uh, Charles Woodson come to mind as far as all purpose players. Uh, Desmond Howard and Woodson both are converted tailbacks. I don't think everybody realizes that they're both converted running backs, uh, and you know they would just they would get on the field, run back kicks for touchdowns, catching passes for touchdowns. Uh, both uh, both guys ran, you know, ran for a couple of touchdowns, and so that that put them on the map as far as like their unique running style, being able to line them up anywhere on the field and, and score. I mean, that's that's what se- that's what separates guys, you know, unique talents, and definitely Gore is a unique talent, no doubt. Look at him; he's a man on the field, like he's a grown you- man. <laughs> and if and if you start to slow them down in the run game, they'll just line them up at wide receiver and completely throw a wrench in all of your defensive plans. Uh, Tony, how does he stack up against the um, other previous Heisman winners with comparable numbers? Uh, you know, he's um, I mean, he's right up there. You know, uh, Desmond Howard, you know, he had uh, 19 uh, receiving touchdowns that year. Charles Woodson had, you know, seven INTs to go along with his touchdowns that he had on the offensive side. Uh, I mean, he's, he, uh, Gore is comparable, no doubt. And, uh, you can look at, uh, you know, if he doesn't score as as a running back, well, just put him up as a quarterback and let him throw, uh, eight touchdown passes over the last two years. So, I mean, that's, you just don't see that. So where do you think realistically, um, where, I mean, obviously he's going to win because we started his Heisman campaign, but sure. Where, where do you think he's going to finish the year? Um, just predictions of yards, touchdowns, all the good stuff. I, th- I think uh, – I'm going to say I think he could get up to close to 1,800, 1,800 yards. Wow. Uh, is that just rushing or is that including receiving? That's uh, just rushing. Wow. And uh, I'd say uh, I'd say 15 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. Okay. That's for sure. Yeah, I was close to two thousand, and that's yeah. I was doing rushing and receiving. So yeah, yeah that's pretty much where I'm at. Gore Jr., if you're watching this, no pressure. Just go out and uh, win the Heisman, and remember we started it here uh, when you do. So uh, we're not going to stop. Yeah. So just deal uh, with it. So Tony, I didn't ask you at first, but I will now. Where can people check you out? Follow you for more of your quality content, sir. I'm, I'm on Facebook at Tony Thomas. Uh, you can follow me on College Football Dogs. Uh, I've got several articles on there right now, uh, including the Frank Gore article. Please go and give that a read as well. Yes. 
And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter, but I need to change my Twitter handle. I need to find a little, I need to find a better Twitter handle. So I'm working on that. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll take all your Twitter handle suggestions for Tony in the comments, but yeah, yes, please Thomas, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on brother. It's always good to have you and go check out the article. So thank you. all guys. Great show. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, That'll do it for us, folks. Thank you all so much for jumping in. Nikki, thank you, as always, uh, for helping out with this. It's always a pleasure working with you. Um, Be sure to like and subscribe and also give us a follow on YouTube and stick with us right here on College Football Dogs for Frank Gore Jr.'s Heisman campaign all season long, plus our campaign to get Reggie Bush his his Heisman trophy back, plus our campaign to just have a good football season. We'll catch you all next time. If you don't hear from me, I'm on my honeymoon in Savannah, but we'll be right back with more quality content right here on College Football Dogs. Y'all have a good night. We're College Football Dogs. By the fans, for the fans. You win.